Bags down, spikes on. Welcome to the track. My name is Colin Waitsman. I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News. And last episode of 2020, uh, we finally made it. Really looking forward to finally being on the other side of this thing. It's been a really weird, wild year. I'm sure it has been the same for you. And track and field is no exception. So we're going to take a look back at this year. Some of the, the high points, the wildness that, that we've had. I'm uh, going to talk about the Milrose games. They got canceled uh, and, and some other meets that might be seeing the same fate here shortly. And then going to close off the year with the topic I've been one, wanting to talk about for a while. Never really knew exactly how to put it in, but do you need to go and compete for a Division One school? going to put in my two cents on that one. So uh, before we get into this, uh, please make sure that you like, subscribe, share, follow uh, the podcast. Helps us know that you're enjoying what's going on and uh, had a lot of support so far. So uh, definitely keep that up. Uh, awesome. So uh, first, let's talk about the Milrose games and, and what happened with that. So what was it? Just this past week, we saw that the Armory, who uh runs the Milrose games in in New York announced that they're going to be canceling it for the very first time. This is a meet that has been going on for what since 1908. It's been going on for a very very long time, usually around February uh, is when is when we see it. And ever since 2011 it was held in Madison Square Garden and then in 2011 it got moved over to uh the Armory and so it's a shame that this is going to be this is going to be going. I mean, we've seen some really big names uh, competing in it. I know Allison Felix, Carl Lewis, um, uh, I think uh, Flojo, uh, a whole bunch of other um, really elite athletes have competed in this meet. And with the circumstances that this year brings, I mean, this was not any surprise. Uh, I'm sure we just. I mean, we just saw the World Championships be canceled just recently what was it last week two weeks ago so it stinks but it's not like this is any news to anyone people saw this happening uh and it stinks because i see this also other meets in the future being canceled too uh, i wouldn't be surprised if the next uh the next meet that sees uh something like this is going to be pen relays because, and that's my favorite meet to compete in. Ever, Whenever I went to compete in that, whether it was out of a middle school or high school or college athlete or, or if I was ever just watching it, watching some of my friends compete, it was my favorite competition. I remember specifically being able to be on the infield because I was, I was a pole vaulter. And so I remember I had the infield pass to be able to stay on the infield while the meet was happening. And the high school vaults when I was a senior was going on the exact same time as the USA versus the world in the four by one. And so that was super cool being able to see two of the fastest four by ones. And I'm right there. Like they're, they're exchanging just, you know, a couple of feet away from me. Um, that was some of the most special times of, of my track career, something that I really liked. And unfortunately we're probably going to see that meet going down next because that happens in March, like late March up in uh, up in Pennsylvania, and it got canceled last year, and it's probably going to get canceled this year. 
So this meet that had been going on for 124 straight years is probably going to be seeing its second year where things are going to have to be canceled. Um, Because the difficulty with these meets are it's it's really hard to reschedule because there's so many other big meets that are going on that when are you going to find time? Because if you don't have it going on that this week, then it's going to be super hard to be able to postpone it because you're going to have other schools and other places having other big meets like Texas Relays is is huge. Um, So other ones that I'm sure they'll probably be going on that are later on in the year so. It just stinks. Uh, we're seeing these some of these big meets going, but I mean that's the the way that the cookie crumbles, I suppose. And then let's do a real quick uh, review. Some of the highlights of 2020. I'm sure if you've been following the World Athletics page, they've had like uh, the 20 best moments of track and field throughout the year. Definitely recommend you go and check that out. They have some really cool uh, posts that they've been doing and. Some some numbers that I saw, uh, there were nine uh, men's world records that were broken this year, six uh, world records on the, the women's side that were, were broken this year. We saw Mondo Duplantis as the male athlete of the year and Yulimar Rojas as the female athlete of the year. Obviously, a lot less competitions than we would normally have uh, due to COVID being a thing, but uh, hopefully we'll see... Uh, more competitions this upcoming year and we saw also a lot of creativity within the track and field community Uh, my favorite event was the garden classic which we had going on what was that sometime during the summer late spring which was really cool Uh, being able to see three of the top men three of the top women uh, going head to head to head in a pole vaulting competition Uh, we also saw a few uh, other just like interesting events that we normally don't see like I think we, we, we saw like a 150 meter dash, 120, um, just like odd 2000, I think. Like we saw some strange distances, which were really cool because these are distances that normally don't get competed in. Um, and so being able to see these very, very talented athletes spread their their distance ranges or, or contour their distance range a bit, depending on which, which side of the fence they're going on, was pretty awesome. It was something that I enjoyed. And so it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they continue that trend in 2021 with having some more strange distances uh, going on because it keeps it fresh. It keeps it new because uh, everyone knows, you know, what a solid 400 meter time is or 100 meter time is. But, hey, what's a good 120? I have no idea. <laughs> like, I'd love to see that. So it's just just add some new flavor to it. And I think it's a good thing um, to, to have a few of these things sprinkled throughout. So it you know, keeps, keeps fans on their toes and keeps athletes interested as well because it's a long career for some of these people and so being able to have you know that variety can can add a little bit to it so that's always positive then uh want to close off with this topic yeah, that i had brought up earlier that i'm i've really i've heard a lot of people debate between it do you need to compete at a division one school or can you go division two or division three and have a, a, a successful career um the answer is it depends what you're looking for. So the biggest misconception I see about Division Two, Division Three, and Division One track and field is that if you go to Division One, you're automatically getting better coaching, better facilities, better travel, better training, all of that. 
people automatically assume if you go to the division one level you're getting better of that compared to division two division three also a lot of people automatically assume you're going to be getting a scholarship and many people think that you're going to be getting a full ride well uh, that's not the case <laughs> it's not the case for many athletes most athletes um, when you go to the division one level and to give a brief history I, I competed at division one school I went to Mount St. Mary's University one of the smallest division one schools you could possibly go to so I have a very different perspective to division one compared to those that people think of when you hear division one like your your Yukons or your Oregon's your UNC's your USC's Texas LSU all those giant power five schools that people think of I got a very different perspective on it and to be frank most people and most athletes that compete at the division one level are competing at those lower tier or mid-major schools when it comes to division one most of these athletes are not competing at your LSU's your Texas's your Florida's so uh, most of these athletes are competing at these smaller schools, which a lot of people don't know. And for those, when it comes to facilities, that's it's not the case that you're automatically going to be getting a better facility. There are many Division Two and Division Three schools that have fantastic facilities. Uh, to put into perspective, like my school, we didn't have an official indoor track that you could compete in. We had a practice facility that was an indoor track. It was like 120 meters, three lanes. And it, it was good for, for training, but we couldn't hold meets. But there are Division Two and Division Three facilities that have full indoor tracks. And so their facilities in those cases are better. And it's also, when it comes to coaching, like you can find great coaching wherever you go, and you can find bad coaching wherever you go. Great coaching is not limited to Division One schools. Like there are fantastic coaches no matter what school you go to, no matter what division you go to, and there are awful coaches no matter what division or what school you go to. So it's all depending on the visit and what you're looking for out of it. So what's the difference then? What's the difference between Division One and Division Three? Well, to me, the biggest difference you should be looking at is an internal one and what you're looking for. So if the biggest thing that I would say determines where you should look for a school is your time and where you want to where you want to dictate and allocate most of your time so if you go to a division one school the on average like you'll have better competitions uh, because you're competing against more division one schools and division one schools tend to have better athletes now, it's not the case all over the country. There, You are going to have a lot of Division three and Division two athletes that are great and ballers and are insane. But for the most part, you're going to be competing against these bigger schools. And your travel and maybe the, the, the budget that this school has for track and field is larger, so you might get better benefits, uh, better bus rides. You might get more warm-up gear, things like that on average. But it's not the case everywhere. Uh, and so the biggest difference is going to be your time and how much you're actually having. Uh, if you're going to a Division One school, um, you're going. It's going to be like a, a job to compete uh, at the Division One level. You're going to have really long practices, depending on what events you compete in. If you're a decathlete, I mean, sit, kiss your social life goodbye. Uh, if you're a Division One decathlete, you're going to be competing and practice or practicing pretty much all day every day. Uh, Division Three. And Division Two, 
like you're still competing at a high level and you're practicing at a high level. It's just slightly less of a commitment. Uh, and it's, so it all depends on what you're looking for. Like if, if academics and, and your education is, is more of a priority and you're like, Hey, I want to take these hard, harder course loads. And I really want to focus more on my, my academics. That's fantastic. That's great. Like, cause for most people, I'd say 99.9% of runners, you're not going to compete in a professional standpoint after you're done running. So you might compete. A lot of people will compete and do 5Ks and sprinting events and masters and whatever after, but most athletes aren't going to be competing at a professional level where this is your source of income. So if you wanted to focus on your academics, yeah, going Division three is fantastic because you're going to be able to get the advantage of still being able to compete and still being an athlete and still having fun and, and still enjoying your time, you know, as, as an athlete, but then you're also going to still be able to focus a lot on your academics, uh, because the, the training schedule may not be as, as rigorous as if you were going to compete at a a division one school. So the biggest difference is what do you want to put into it time wise? Uh, because I, I mean, I competed, you know, as I said, in the, the division one level and it was a lot of time. It was like a full-time job. I mean, I was so surprised when I saw other athletes on my team that also had, you know, two or three jobs also. I was like, how in the world do you have all these jobs and you still are able to compete at a high level here? Like that doesn't make, like, this is insane to me. This is so wild. And so there, it's 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 crazy. You're you're gonna find those people that are super dedicated, uh, but that's at every level. And so the the biggest thing and the biggest misconceptions that I'll I'll go back to before closing up is like you're gonna find great situations and awful situations no matter where you go. So make sure when you're going on those recruiting trips, when you're doing your research on the school, make sure you talk to the coaches, make sure you talk to the athletes, and you see what it is that you're getting into. And know what it is that you want to dedicate most of your time. Uh, I knew when I was an athlete that I really, really wanted to dedicate a lot of my time uh, to track and field. I really wanted to focus on it. And so going to the Division One level was for me. Uh, and also, and one more thing, uh, when it comes to skill, and people think, oh, do I have the ability to compete at the Division One level? Most people will think of these Power 5 schools and scholarship athletes and thinking, oh, if I don't run a sub 48 in the 400 or I don't run a sub 10-1 in the 100, I'm never going to be, or I don't vault 17 feet, I'm never going to be able to, you know, go to a Division One school. And that's just not the case. Uh, there were tons of people that were either at my school or at similar Division One uh, schools that I were at, was at, and ran times that were okay high school times. Like, if you want to go and say you compete at a Division One school, like if it if that's something that you want to do, like you just want to have the tag and say I was a Division One athlete, like a lot of schools will take you as a walk on. I mean, you're not going to be competing nearly as much as if you were going to a Division Two or Division Three school. But if you want to go D one, for the most part, you can. Like to give you an example, like if you're at a 55 in the 400, you could go Division One. If you wanted to, you're not going to compete very much. You're not going to get a whole lot of uh, focus. The coaches probably are. You're, you're not going to be at the head of the training wheel. And that's for pretty much any school you go to running that times in the, at the division one level. But you can you can do it. Like There are schools that would take you as a walk on. Um, and when it comes to scholarships, I mean, scholarships are extremely limited in any 
uh, capacity for the Division One level. So it's going to be really difficult unless you're one of those upper echelon athletes in order to get one. So uh, that's going to be interesting. But that's my two cents on do you need to go to the Division Division One level if you wanted to be in high a high level athlete. You don't have to. I mean, you can just look if you just go to TFRRS and you'll look at the top times and the top distances and top throws for Division Three, Division Two, and Division One. They're fairly similar. Like they're ballers at every level, so it's not like you're going to be going to uh, if you're not going D one, you're not going to be able to compete, and you're just going to you know run over everyone. Just find find what makes makes the most sense for you. Uh, so that has been another episode of Track World News. Uh, before this, want to let you know that we're going to be adding uh, extra interview bonus episodes either every week or every other week. I'm thinking maybe every other week, maybe once a month. I'm not sure. Let me know what you think. Uh, we're going to have different interviews from athletes, coaches, trainers, all that good stuff that are involved in the track world. Uh, want to get their opinions on things that are going on and, and what we can see moving forward. So uh, hope hope you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, make sure if you want more content to follow us on Instagram at Track World News. Uh, we post clips and, and updates on the channel and, and all that type of stuff there. Uh, have a good one. Talk to you soon. Peace.